Hello, brewery fanatics, and welcome back to another episode of Brewery Travels, which is now a part of the Soda Pod Network. I'm your host, Joel Geyer, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. And today is going to be a fun episode for myself because we are going to Seattle, Washington, a place that my family and I just spent a brief moment in time being able to, to live in. And I have two good friends with me, Matt and Sam, who I was able to meet up with a couple times while living out there. And uh, let's go ahead and let them introduce themselves. They, they do their own podcast that tastes like homebrew, but kind of give a brief introduction for the people about what kind of got you into craft beer and how you're part of the beer community. Before we do this, so should it be like every time they show Seattle at a sporting event? Are you, are you going to have like a fish being thrown to you or anything while some grunge music <laughs> being played? That's what I need to get in for this is, is that if we ever do post this on YouTube, I should have just had like fish flying around in my background. I should do some like, oh, you know, that would be and, perfect. and with all the yeah. grunge music you want, that's yeah. I mean, our first dance was to grunge music. So. I should, I should have put, I should have put some bubble gum on the wall behind me too. Oh no. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so that's gross. Very gross. Very <laughs> that gross is the thing weirdest thing. Like, Hey, welcome to Seattle. Here's trash. Yeah. yeah. One, one of our, one of our major tourist attractions, well, not major necessarily, but one of our tourist attractions is just a bunch of chewed up gum stuck to Oh, literally an entire alley's way. <laughs> so yeah. gross. Well, I guess we should introduce ourselves, right? Yep. All right. Well, my name is Matt. I am a beer drinker and we um, have a podcast, I guess. I don't know yeah. what you want to say it. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm the other half of that podcast. Yeah, it's uh, Tastes Like Homebrew. It is a uh, podcast where we just talk everything. The, the idea originally was to be all Washington beer, mm-hmm. but then realized that we had to start branching out and talking to other you know, places and just... We just talk up beer. We go to cities. We tell what we like, and yeah, you know, we interview a lot of brewers. Uh, just this last week, we interviewed a whole bunch of brewers for Eastside Beer Week, which is a a beer week going on in the Seattle area right now. Yeah, yes. it's right now. Yeah, right now. So that's yeah. a that one of the beers that you have there, which is East versus Zest. That is yes. the uh, beer week that's going on right now. And that was our last podcast was about that yeah. beer. So. Yeah. Well, and you guys have also done a lot, like you mentioned, kind of visiting breweries and everything. And I know you guys have pretty extensively traveled to. I don't know what what did you get? To, have you gotten to almost all the breweries in, in Washington at this point? There, uh, there are some. It's about it's kind of a rotating door right now. They're, yeah. they're opening up and closing pretty quick at the moment. We are probably rotating about eighty percent. There's a lot in the kind of the corners of Washington that are hard to get to. Yeah, um, especially when you're all the way over on the on the on, on, the, the, on the west side. side so. mm-hmm. You know. Last year, yeah, year and a half ago, we went to Republic, Washington, which is about a six-hour drive away, just to go to a brewery. Oof, that's de- that's dedication. I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We well, camped for like three days, and if you know me, that's a big deal. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to convince my wife to camp out for three days to go to a brewery six hours away. But uh, you know, <laughs> well, nor- so before jump normally before so before jumping into questions here, I normally don't don't drink before while while recording, but. It just so happens that Matt and Sam sent me some beer from Seattle in case I was missing, which of course I was, the Seattle beer scene. Uh, and so first up, I have Summer Banger, a dry hopped sour ale with citra hops, grapefruit zest, and sea salt from one of my personal favorites out there, Urban Family Brewing, which just knocks it out of the park with sours. And then later on, I may be also having from Ravenna Brewing Company, which was my 900th brewery, thanks to Matt's recommendation, uh, Future Glasses Hazy Double IPA, another just phenomenal brewery. So I can mm-hmm. go ahead and little uh, open you know, up. little sound effect going on there. Yeah, so that, uh, that's you know, how we start every episode right so there. So you know? we typically do drink while we're podcasting, so we felt like it was only appropriate to send you some Washington beers. Well, uh, we actually had a little bit of trouble at getting or identifying Washington beers in our own fridge. 
right yeah. now we've been traveling so much that yeah that's a good problem to have i have yeah. like probably my fridge is just full of canadian beers right now i went and drove up to bc and grabbed a whole bunch of canadian beers and then got back and i was like crap we do not have any so sam bought one the other day so that's why i'm drinking chuck nut which is technically not seattle but it is close enough it's an hour yeah. away and some of the best lagers you'll ever drink which Matt knows is my one of my all-time favorite breweries anywhere. So yeah, had to rub it in my face a little bit. <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump in here. You know, Seattle obviously has, you know, they have plenty of brewing history dating back, you know, to names such as Seattle Brewing and Malting, Rainier Brewing, uh, several other pre-prohibition breweries. And then they also, you know, later on, they had several breweries kind of come along earlier than like the true craft beer boom. You know, you had breweries like Pike, Hales Ales, Georgetown. And now, obviously, you know, the, the scene is just it's completely exploded for a while now. There's numerous breweries all, all over the area, uh, in particular, the Ballard neighborhood that we'll touch on later on. But from from your point of view, Matt, what, what has that evolution of craft beer in Seattle looked like? Well, like it kind of always re, uh, revolved around Rainier beer and the like the myriad of names that it used to be. Uh, and that dates back to pre-prohibition. Like Washington actually was uh, prohibition before it was cool in the U.S., we were four years before the 18th Amendment, so go us. Um, but that kind of has always just been a staple of, I guess, the Seattle diet of beer is that, you know, Rainier beer has always kind of been there for us, even though it's not brewed here anymore. It's brewed in some place in Wisconsin called Milwaukee. Never heard of it. Um, but that's kind of just like our identity for beer is based around that Rainier R. And it's, it's something that's really kind of cool and unique to us that just... You know, mm -hmm. if you when you came to Seattle, the first thing you saw probably was that giant mountain that's hanging over our city. And that you now that's kind of always identified ourselves as that kind of beer like city. It's just we are Rainier beer. And it you know went through a bunch of names. Those I think with Seattle Malting and um Brewing and you know, mm -hmm. I think it was Washington beer. I think they all kind of just merged and become Rainier beer at some point. Yeah. Well and and Rainier, I mean they even have like a whole exhibit and big R at the museum of, uh, what is this, uh, history and industry, um, mm -hmm. over there that I remember my, my family went to and they have a whole exhibit for that too. So, um, that is for sure. But was there a point you feel like with Seattle that it felt like craft beer really started to expand and kind of arrive in, in the modern day craft scene? Well, I think, uh, there was a, an emergence in the eighties and nineties between Red Hook and, um, Maritime Pacific and some of those breweries. Um, I think that Seattle just kind of culturally has been kind of a, um, a good place for craft beer to survive and to do well. Um, I think, uh, we have kind of a dense population of young people in the city of Seattle, um, and tend to have some population of some young people with higher income due to some of the tech industry that we've had. Um, so I think that has helped to support the beer industry around here. Um, also kind of in that uh, kind of late 80s, early 90s, when we were having that um, kind of coffee boom, there's kind of always been um, a culture around craft products in Seattle, which I think has helped to contribute to the success here. Yeah, I would say Red Hook was the kind of the first one that really things off. That mm -hmm. was 1981 that Red Hook came to the Fremont neighborhood, which is adjoining Ballard, which, you know, kind of started that Ballard team. But Maritime Pacific was 91 or 1990. Mac and Jack's 91. I believe Hales was 88. Um, Pike's been around forever. Um, so there's, you know, like that late 80s, early 90s, we kind of get our first rush of craft beer. Then you kind of get this weird lull. 
where like a bunch of breweries started up and they kind of just failed. And then we got this second boom again, probably 10 10, years ago, 13 years ago, where we just, you know, you know, there's something about almost 180 breweries in Seattle now. Yeah. Or the Seattle metropolitan area, I guess. Well, you started to see some of the, like, the Rubens going in around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, kind of, the, they're still around. They're still making really good beer, but some of the older breweries kind of, yeah. that have helped to shape what we are today, I think. Yeah. It kind of opened the door for down the line to have of the more, like, niche breweries that yeah. are yeah. maybe more specialized in IPAs or farmhouse styles, whatever they may be, that kind of led up, because, you know, obviously, as you guys said, like, Back in the '90s, it was it would have been much more difficult to open up a a, a brewery like Fair Island, uh, you know, right, that, yeah. that you know like that that's just for those that don't know that that's another one of my I love that brewery and they they really specialize in the the funkier farmhouse and uh, the photo like some of the oak age stuff as well and uh, so. Mm-hmm. You both also talked about, you know, you know, density and also mentioned the Ballard neighborhood. And that that was kind of be on my next topic, because when you look at the Seattle scene, the Ballard neighborhood is often where you have to start. I mean, the number of breweries in that neighborhood rivals pretty much any neighborhood that you can find in in the country. You know, it's up there. You know, other neighborhoods that I I think, you know, South Slope and Asheville, there's Scott's Edition in Richmond. But Seattle's Ballard neighborhood goes punch for punch with anybody. Uh, So from your from your kind of point of view how did this neighborhood become such a brewery hub and the second part is what recommendations do you make to someone who's maybe visiting there and even if they only if they have a day or two or even sometimes more it can be overwhelming just because of the sheer number of options that are basically with all within walking distance of each other so uh, the Ballard neighborhood is interesting because seattle's such a fragmented city with its neighborhoods where there's the neighborhoods are not really close to each other because we have so much water, we have so many hills that each neighborhood is kind of its own unique thing. Mm-hmm. But Ballard is by far the biggest, where there's a lot of population density. Uh, you have the Fremont neighborhood right there. Um, you know, you have Maplewood and Ravenna not far from it. So it's kind of the one area where there's a lot of people there. And then, like with the brewery scene, I'm guessing probably you have to thank Red Hook, which was in Fremont, which is right next to it. Uh, Maritime Pacific came in real early in Ballard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the other breweries just kind of hovered around it. You know, they, you know, you have Rubens opening up over there. Well, and, and Fremont Brewing is one of the most popular breweries, um, probably known outside of Washington and Seattle. So if you like dark beers. Um, yeah, especially if you like dark beers. So that's going to attract people from sort of outside the area towards that area a little bit. So. And the Ballard neighborhood is just cool in general. There's a lot of a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants. Um, you know, there's... There's also a lot of people who live there. So it's a really kind of unique mix of like industrial um, and then businesses like re- restaurants and breweries and then homes. People actually live out there. So, um, you yeah, know. The, the, the district or the area where all the breweries are, it's literally like an industrial complex surrounded by housing. So you can just throw in all these breweries in this one area and then have all these homes around it. And that's kind of where you go. Like, you know, within that area, you have Rubens, Urban Family, Stoop, Obeck, mm-hmm. Fair Isle, um, I guess Bale Breakers over there now, Lucky Envelope. The, the new Bickersons that just opened, because I was going to say, do you envision yeah. <laughs> more more breweries? Because obviously, you know, Ballard, like, that's obviously now a hot place to be. Like, if you're a brewery, if you can get in there, just from foot traffic alone, you may survive because there's just, you have the ability that so many people are, are brewery hopping, beer hopping that, you know, whether or not you're making as good a beer as your neighbor, you still are yeah. probably going to get folks stumbling in there. Um, but yeah. do, you, do you possibly see more breweries trying to open up 
maybe an adjacent location there like Bickerson's or is the cost going to be kind of prohibitive from for other kind of similar to Bickerson's, which is in your hometown of Renton, maybe that are located in some of these outer suburbs? I think as long as there's space for breweries to move in in Ballard, there will be breweries that try to go into Ballard. I think that space is probably going to be the biggest constraint for for new folks coming in. Um, So like, you know, I think as breweries move out, like Peddler um, decided they were uh, ready to move on. Um, And then Bickerson's moved into their space. And then same when Populux, which was the uh, brewery that was in, uh, the bail breaker in yonder location moved out. Then we had a new one that came right back in. So I think that um, I don't think there will be any less breweries in the area. I think it'll always be a, a destination and a population that kind of revolves around beer. Um, but I think that putting a brand new brewery in there will probably require a significant amount of capital to yeah. get started. Yeah. I'd have, to, I'd have to imagine it's a lot more expensive than what it was probably 10 years ago too. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the case pretty much everywhere in Seattle now, I guess though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well then, so going back to the other part of the first question was what recommendation if, if someone messages you and they're like, Hey, I'm going to be staying in the, you know, I've got an Airbnb in the Ballard neighborhood. Like, do you have like a list of, of like hit these? Because like you said, it's, it's, also close together you really can kind of pick and choose but at the same mm-hmm. time you're still going to be leaving some behind because i think i made at least three trips up to ballard and i didn't get to every single spot still because there's just yeah. that many options i mean i personally really like uh rubens and urban family i think those are two really uh really good breweries and usually the first two that i'll recommend to somebody um coming out to ballard especially if it's their first time out there um, I will also generally recommend Bickerson's to people, but I will admit that I am friends with the people who own Bickerson's. So I'm just going to throw out the a little bit of nepotism that might be involved in that part of the answer. I'm not friends with them, and I also enjoyed Bickerson's. So <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think they make legitimately good beer, despite, but, you know. I just think if you're really going there, I think uh, Rubens, it opens at, it opens the earliest, it opens at 11. Oh, yeah. That's actually a really good point to bring up. You start at Rubens, you know, you get breakfast and you start your day drinking. Uh, then you turn around the corner, go hit up Urban Family, go across the street, hit up Stoop. Um, you know, you can walk to the next corner and then there's a great notion if you want to try a little organ flair that has a tap room up here. Um, you know, our, our friends to the south, they, you know, we can give them love too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if you want to walk just a few blocks away, Lucky Envelope's a cool little spot. Bill Breaker, if you want to try some Yakima beer. Um, you know, a little bit like maybe a three minute walk to get to Bickerson's and Lagunitas, which is a there. California brewery that opened up a shop there. But they do brew some things that are specific to the Washington location. Yeah, so they, they definitely are have considered a, bunch of, a Washington brewery too. Um, Maritime Pacific, if you want to have some like old Seattle lager, which is one of like the, the lager that they've been making there since the beginning. And they also have deep fried bacon, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, that that is... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that 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 would be a pretty hard to pass up. But and then also like we mentioned, Fair Isle, and uh, there's just there, there really that. is so much that you can take in. And before I ask the next question, I just have to say that I am really enjoying this oh, uh, summer banger because there's a little bit. It's interesting because like I get like the dry hop and everything too, but the sea salt, like the addition of the sea salt, gives it almost this slightly goza mm-hmm. kind of flavor profile to it, which I I really really dig. Um, okay good not everybody likes that so yeah no i i'm a i'm a big fan i am a very big fan of that so that is a very cool glass you're pouring into also yeah thank you this is a shout out to uh pretentious 
glass uh, glass company in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've got a whole bunch of their glasses, and they actually have their own brewery that's attached to their glass blowing studio as oh, well. Cool. Um, that I've I actually visited because and this was actually the glass that I bought there in person, I believe. It's got a, yeah, so it's uh definitely check them out too. Shout out Knoxville, Tennessee, I guess uh, on the Seattle episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee's very close to us, so you know. You yeah, know. exactly. Just a hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, so yeah. now, aside from Ballard, obviously, because Ballard is kind of, you know, if you're trying to hit up a bunch of breweries and take it all in, Ballard's a neighborhood to go to. But there's yeah. obviously a lot of other quality breweries scattered throughout the city and, and surrounding towns. So what other parts of the city or individual breweries do you feel are kind of must visits for a beer traveler? Uh, I mean, I think and I think Matt would agree with me on this one. Uh, Ravenna is one of our favorite breweries in Seattle. Yeah. It's just like it, it, amazing and um they continue to just grow as a brewery and do different things um as well as keeping on some of their uh favorites with their dark beers that they release annually um so absolutely would always recommend them to any beer drinker um they also offer kind of a they focus really on hazies and sours um but they also have a variety of dark beers um so hopefully people will find something that they're they're <laughs> into there um, Burke Gilman is also really close to there. We usually, if we're going out to Ravenna, we'll hit Burke Gilman too. They're kind of in that, um, and that's in the U district, district area, area, which yeah, is, that's, a, that's definitely another good spot, which is, uh, will soon be home of a future big 10 team. I bet. So <laughs> yeah, big, big 10's just taking all your PAC 12, uh, schools at this point. So <laughs> you, you and Oregon are coming with us, I guess. Yeah. See, we can bring up, we can next, when, when we go out to Madison, we can bring, uh, some, uh, some West Coast beers with us, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I can meet you that far, I guess. <laughs> um, also, Cloudburst, I think, is mm -hmm. worth mentioning for sure. And then um, Shill Show. I think Shill Show's kind of technically Ballard, in my opinion. It's like not walking distance to the rest of the breweries, mm -hmm. but it's a real short drive. Yes, it is a very And that's short the one drive. that's going to be open more often, too, than the one for, for drinking beer on premise, technically. Yeah, right? the downtown and, one is some super weird hours. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's, you can and get not, beer to go if you only care about getting beer to go or like merchandise, you can go there. Uh, but yeah. they're the one that they won. Uh, I forget what year they, they just recently won the GABF small, very small brewery. Yeah, of the year, 2021 small brewery yeah. of the year, our midsize brewery. They're one of the and two they, they, of the year. They, uh, they, they predominantly do a lot of IPA stuff, but the, a lot of the medals they won were not for IPA beers, which I found to be really interesting. So just a really solid brewery all the way around. I actually have one of my shirts from Seattle is, is, is from oh, that, and that's so. a, a very Seattle shirt that you have. Yeah, too. Yes, it is. Look, I wear that one a lot. You blend it in. Um, and yeah, so Steve Luke, who's the owner of that, started at Elysian, which is one of the big guys here, but now it's owned by ABEV, ABMBEV. Um, yep. But he is a genius. And every time I see him, I kind of get giddy. Like it's like I'm running to Ichiro or Griffey or something. Yeah, like, oh my God, it's Steve Luke. Kind of a fan <laughs> culture around that. Yeah. Um, uh, if I mean, outside of Seattle, I just had a couple that I had listed really quick. Um, Sig and E9 in Tacoma. If um, somebody's coming up this way, those two are worth visiting mm -hmm. if you're going to be in the south end of yeah. the Seattle Metropolitan, uh, technically not in Seattle, but yeah. it's okay. I mean, the uh, airport SeaTac, so, you know, they're kind yeah, of, you know, yeah, 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 it's close. Yeah, it's exactly. in between. Um, and then uh, probably Holy Mountain. Um, mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, Fair Isle are two good ones to visit as well. I think Stan. If you like the, the funky. Yeah, those um, are both more Isle. depending on your taste of beer, yeah. I would say, overall. But both are definitely worth visiting for sure. Yeah. And I think places like Sea Pine, which is in kind of near Capitol Hill. Um, not Sea Pine. Sea Pine's downtown. Um 
uh, standard is a uh, capital oh, yeah. hill. Yeah, they have close to capital Hill, uh, kind of ID capital area. Uh, sea Pine, which is to buy the stadiums, which is real good. Uh, and then there's a bunch of spots in Georgetown, which is kind of yeah n- another real fun area. So uh, there's a new brewery called Mirage going in right now. They only do beers to oh. go, but it really, really, really good IPAs. Uh, Georgetown, which is one of the kind of the OG breweries also. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just fantastic. They can just put off and put out great beers every time. Yeah. Not a not a Washington brewery, but Groat Notion has a location out that way. That they've got the two locations in Seattle, the one in Ballard and the one in uh, Georgetown. I like the one in Georgetown a little bit better. It's a, I feel a like Georgetown has kind of a more um, old school Seattle feel yeah. to it. It's a little more grungy. I'm, yeah, definitely. I definitely can agree with that. I and that's, and that's where Rainier was originally. So the old Rainier building is still there. It does technically have a brewery in it, which is a Machine House, which is all yep. cask beer. Yeah, they only do. I was going to mention then that if you want, if if you're someone that likes cask beer, like old English, you know, style beers, Machine House is your place because that's literally all they have on tap, which is really unique to have. And then, yeah, then walking distance from that, you can hit up either um, Jellyfish, which is just kind of a standard brewery, uh, Lowercase, which makes really good uh, lagers. Like beers, yeah. Yep, and then Great Notion. So, yeah, Georgetown's another really cool neighborhood. That's the neighborhood that's closest to us. There's a, so we tend to go there more than not. And there's a really good bottle shop there, there too, go. called Full Throttle Bottles, where... <laughs> They constantly win every award for every best bottle shops in Seattle. When you walk in, you're just, you know, there's great beers on taps and they just have a huge selection of almost all Washington beers. Yeah. They're always like playing records, you know, and it's like either very cold or very hot in the building, but (laughs) it's kind of like part of what makes it amazing. So yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, for sure. Well, and so now, the next question I was, I was maybe the one I was most looking forward to hearing your answer on, because uh, it's it's one that I find to be kind of an interesting topic, because I will stand on the table, especially now that I've lived there and, you know, for Seattle, Seattle beer. And I think Seattle still does garner plenty of respect overall from a national audience. But from my travels, at least living in all over the different parts of the country, I feel like it doesn't get it's necessarily it's, it's the same due as you know, some of the other West coast cities like a San Diego or Portland or Denver isn't West coast, but it's for a lot of people on every other part of the country. Yeah. It's, it it's part of the West. Yeah. If you like, cause I've lived in several different cities on the East coast and pretty much once you get over the Appalachians, everything is West <laughs> for those. Appalachians, are those considered mountains nowadays? Or are those just still hills? I, I, I mean, now that I've seen, you know, if, if you actually go to Washington, yeah, the Appalachians will seem like just little foothills, but uh, so do you feel that maybe having kind of fewer national brands is part of the reason for, you know, Seattle? Cause like outside of like, you, know, you mentioned a license that, that, you know, it was bought out by AB InBev, but Seattle doesn't really have many breweries that have like this large distribution footprint, like to get their beers to other parts of the country. So I just was curious to see if, if there is an answer to that, like if, do you think there's actually kind of pros to Seattle having a beer scene where, if you want to try most of the beers that are considered to be good, you have to kind of come, come here. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what makes Washington kind of unique is we're very into ourselves, I guess we're very, we're pretty, <laughs> like, we're cocky about what we are, but we don't like to mingle with other people very much. <laughs> we, there's, you know, the Seattle freeze is a thing where, you know, they say we're the nicest people that you'll never meet. Like we don't, I mean, I guess I've always been the, the odd one because I'm very, very friendly and outgoing, but every one of my closest friends, when they meet somebody new, they're like, I don't know this person. Why would I talk to them? And it kind of, like, Seattle has kind of turned into this like enigma about that. So with like 
the national brands, we don't have a lot. Like, do I wish Rubens was drank more everywhere? Yeah, but the fact that it's not means it's more for me to drink, I guess. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to, like, other cities on the West Coast, like Portland, like, people kind of talk about how great Portland is. And I think Portland got such an early jump on the craft beer scene where when Washington was kind of like, well, we have Red Hook and we have all this, they were producing some better stuff. But in my opinion, we've long passed Portland and beer like years ago. Like Portland has a lot of good breweries, but you know, when their best brewery, which is in my opinion, Great Notion, starts coming to Seattle to try to get this market, like they've kind of peaked in that spot. But I think San Diego's fantastic. And like when I was, we were talking earlier about this, I think Denver might be my favorite beer city just in general, mm-hmm. but you know, Seattle, what we have is ours. We'll distribute a little bit down to Oregon, but you're not going to find a lot of places. And I'm okay with that really. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we are way the hell up here in Seattle. Yeah. I don't think people realize how far away we are from everything. Like we are a four hour drive with traffic to get, just to get to Portland. And then Portland's another gazillion hour drive to get anywhere near to California. Like it's, we're, we're way out here. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that Seattle definitely um, has a lot of pride in itself and, and wants to do things and do things well. And, and like we mentioned, having kind of a culture around craft. So um, I think that one of our favorite things about when we're traveling to other places is when we can find like, really cool small breweries that you can't find anywhere else absolutely that's always what we're on the hunt for Mm -hmm. when we're gone and i feel like we have a lot of that here and i feel like we're seeing less of that in some of the other kind of beer cities um you know i'm specifically kind of thinking portland right now and it might just be kind of a little bit of a lull but um you know one of my favorite things was used to be able to find alvarado street from monterey down in california Mm-hmm. And that was like a gem. And if you could find it, it's amazing. Now you can find it in most most bottle shops here. Yeah, you can start to find like when you know Anchorage Brewing a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's like Great Notion, like growing. So like I get, I get, I can go and have. A, there's a ton of different Great Notion options at most like several places where I can go to buy beer now. And that That's like pre yeah. pre pandemic, I couldn't do that. But now it's it's all over here. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those kind of breweries that have kind of built their hype that you know there's one another super hyped up ipa brewery from mentioning tennessee again from nashville called southern grist that they were another one that when i first visited them they were very small and everything and now i can find numerous ipas of theirs here in wisconsin uh so it's just interesting and part of it may be like you said washington it's not the same like when you think oh hopping a state over well on the west coast like hopping a state over means (laughs) several hours of of driving so it right. is, you know, trying to get to the next major city isn't the same thing as breweries when you're distributing from Maryland to North Carolina. Like, that's not the same kind of situation at all. Um, and the next no, major cities are pretty small next to us, too. We got Boise to the east and Portland yeah. to the south. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really liked your point, too, of finding the small places and that Seattle has a lot of that because I, I 100% agree. Because I did, like, I was semi-familiar with some of the names. But I remember uh, to bring it back to... When I did, because how I actually met you guys was when I did my brewery madness thing. And I remember I just kind of picked like what I knew as like the brewery that I was semi-familiar with was Fremont. And I remember you telling me like there's a lot of better breweries and I believed you, but I also wasn't familiar with any of them. And I didn't (laughs) think that people voting in the brackets would be either. And so Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I enjoyed coming there was is that I got to then sample all these breweries because I through my research and then just stumbling onto some of these places that 
I wasn't at all familiar with. Like, uh, so th- I think that's just a really cool factor uh, to be able to kind of put into the whole puzzle of of Seattle craft beer. Yeah, um, we're very proud about our beers, and it's very hard for other uh, breweries to break into our market. Too. Yeah, well, I understand that too. I mean, and, and that makes sense because it's kind of the reverse of getting your beer all the way to Seattle and then having to compete with all the amazing breweries there because there's so many of them. So Although that I is, would still for some toppling yeah. Goliath once in a while. <laughs> Come on, Iowa, send some stuff over, guys. We will <laughs> yeah. embrace you, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, toppling Goliath distributes pretty far, so I'm actually kind of surprised they don't get all the way out there. But uh, <laughs> occasionally maybe, maybe that's we'll coming. get random drops and that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Every okay. once in a while you'll find it, but yeah, that is kind of a good example of like a, a beer that like when you find it and it's exciting to find it versus like now you f- like if you find it all the time everywhere and it becomes a little bit. How often will you buy it once yeah. it's there every single yeah. time? That, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I think that's that's very, very true. Well, I'm out uh, of beer, though. yeah. Well, <laughs> do you need to go get another beer? Oh, yeah, I should get another beer, shouldn't I? Yeah, probably. All right, this is, I this is I was say, I'm about to crack open my Ravenna Brewing Company, so I can talk about that some more. There we uh, go. As well here to kind of prep people. Yeah, I'm actually drinking a collaboration between Ravenna and Georgetown right oh, now. Oh, yeah. that's a pretty good. What, what are you having? It's called I should General have asked that at the Ocean beginning. Theme. What was that? It's called General Ocean Theme. It's okay. a IPA. It's a little on the hazy side, but not too, like, overwhelmingly. Yeah. Um it's very good though. Yeah. And it's, I, you, I'm sure you can't really see it from there, but the can art is, wait, hold on. Where's the camera? There we go. <laughs> very, very, oh, it's a very Seattle looking can right there. Yeah. Well, so, so and here's the, the sound effect for the people listening at home again. There we go. And yeah, again, so this is the Future Glasses, which is a hazy double IPA from ravenna which we've been mentioning um again ravenna was my 900th brewery because uh i was messaging matt about the best breweries in seattle that had cool merch and was kid friendly and Mm -hmm. that was that was ravenna and i did and i i ended up walking away with a kind of a thinner like kind of a long sleeve kind of sweatshirt and a hat so uh that was pretty awesome to be able to do it definitely a good experience all the way around staffing wise beer wise the very and a kind of a cool little tap room too, for sure. Like it's a kind of a unique setup with the brewery kind of partially built down into it. So yeah. Uh, so uh, just uh, you kind of mentioned the swag there uh, and the shirts and um, the can being kind of cool. The all of the graphic design is done by the co-owner, um, t- the head brewer's wife, Tom, uh, Elise. So um, just kind of a extra shout out that the all of that is done in house by them. So very cool. Yeah, kind of a fun fact. So what are you drinking now, Matt? Is it the same thing or the something? Same different? thing. I, I mean, unless you want me to start drinking Canadian beer, which no, as I guess we're so we're so close to Canada. I guess I could, but Stone's Throw. But I, I know that you know that that Colch is one of my favorites. So, uh, but anyway, I know that Sam and I are part of the Cool Kids Club, drinking an IPA now. Yeah. And just... speaking of IPAs, Fresh Hop IPAs obviously play a huge role in the Washington beer scene. Matt, you've sent me uh, Fresh Hop IPAs two years for different different breweries and different hops and all that kind of stuff i know i've written some articles on my thoughts and all of those but how has that style evolved in the seattle area in terms of both the beer itself and and popularity and do you feel that that popularity has kind of changed through the years and i know you can also this is the part you can also bring up yakima as well too that we may talk about in a future episode but they are obviously playing a crucial role in what 
the, the Seattle and Washington beer scenes are able to do with fresh hops. Yeah, so Yakima itself accounts for about 70% of the total hops, uh, like whatever, grown, you, grown in, in the, the United States. Uni- yeah, just the United States. 70% the United States, States. States. Okay. but the biggest in the world um, outside of, I think Yakima is number two just to Germany in general. Okay. Like just, but Yakima is a, a town of 30,000 people. And, you know, just in central Washington um, that, you know, makes most of our hops. And the, I mean, the rest of the hops itself come like there's I think Washington accounts for 70 percent. Yakima is like 69.9 percent of that. Mm-hmm. And then Idaho and Oregon almost account for the rest. So every kind of the hops are up in this area. Therefore, fresh hops and like specifically the Fresh Hop Festival is a big deal. Like mm-hmm. if you're not making a fresh hop. If you're a Seattle brewery or any Washington brewery, if you're not doing anything in fresh hop, you're already behind on the ball because their fresh hops, you know, come late August, early September into October. If you're not doing anything fresh hop, you're like, what are you doing? That's what everybody wants is a fresh hop. And by the time fresh hop season's over, you're definitely fresh hopped out. Yeah. Fresh hop has a very unique, bold flavor where you're just getting punched in the face with hops. It is fantastic. Last year, I almost got to 200 different hops or different fresh hop beers. <laughs> That, that, that's a pretty good achievement. Something I mean, to push for this year, then, I guess. A lot of them were samplers at Fresh Hop Festival. Well, we always get to, uh, like, September as summer's winding down, and we're like, oh, it'll be, uh, you know, like, take, you know, a little bit less drinking, a little bit less beer for a period, and then Fresh Hop ramps right back up, and we're like, well, we got to go try this release. Mm-hmm. So that always ends up happening. Yeah, there's a, a one brewery in specific called uh, Two Beers, which always drops the first hops, like, Fresh Hop beer. And once that's released, it's like, well, my fall's gone. I'm just drinking fresh hops. And and it's fresh hop IPAs. You can use some fresh hop other beers. Uh, you'll get a fresh hop Keller beer every once in a while. Um, you know, someone made a fresh hop Hefeweizen, which I don't know. How you get, I don't know how you get banana and clove into a hop, but I guess you do. Um, you know, they're, you know, they're starting to lager more hops now. They're starting to do um, where they'll flash freeze the hops and then do a fresh hop again in. Um, like the winter time, mm-hmm. but the idea is like pretty simple. Like everybody from Seattle, it's about a two hour, two and a half hour drive to get to Yakima. With the brewers will drive out early in the morning, pick up several hundred pounds of hops, drive them back, and drop them right into the kettle. So you generally will have your assistant brewer get that, you know, the bottom, the water going. boiling, get the mash going, and as soon as those hops come back, because you want it to be less than twenty four hours since they were picked, and like the goal itself is to be four hours from when it's picked. To when it's into the boil, interesting. And that's how that's how quickly we want to get the hops in there, and then a couple weeks later, it's in my belly. Well, and because that's such a specific like definition for fresh hop that it has to kind of be within that twenty four hours, preferably four hour window. Um, that kind of makes fresh hop feel like it's something that's really unique to this area. Um, in that, like you can only be so far away from the breweries. Uh, or from the hop farms for the breweries to be able to do a fresh hop. Yeah, so. and Seattle being the biggest city around there, I mean, you'll Portland breweries will do it also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they have a you know they're they can access Yakima just from a different direction, but they can get there in a couple hours too. Um, but I actually get to experience this uh, madness this year where I'm going to help out in a fresh hop batch where we're driving okay. down, grabbing hops, and then racing back with it. So we're going to come up with several hundred pounds of hops in a back of a van. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm curious how I'm going to deal with the smells. I'm going to be like in heaven for a minute, and then we'll see what happens. Rolling down the windows. But like, when it comes to the history of hops, like hops have always been a part of like Washington State too. The um, pre-prohibition, the biggest hop field in the United States was in Kent, Washington, which is 
you know, 20 minutes south of Seattle. Um, that was one of the biggest hop fields on the West Coast. Um, I mean, I even have hops growing in my yard. I have cashmere hops that, uh, you know, just taken off like gangbusters in the Pacific Northwest. Even though Western Washington has a much different climate than Central Washington, they just, mm-hmm. they grow out here and they grow out here well. And it's, God, fresh hop is so good. I love yeah. it so much. I'm excited. It's like two months away, not even. It's almost like Christmas for 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 IPA fans. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and so just for people kind of explaining, like you know, people that may not be fully familiar with it, just how different these beers can be based off of the different hops. Because I think that's one thing that some people kind of take for granted. They just drink an IPA and they're not paying attention to the different hops that are in it. And one thing that I also noticed, at least for me personally, when I was drinking different fresh hop beers from you, is is that I always seem to overall prefer the beers that focused on one hop. Versus mm-hmm. when they dry hop with multiple, like some did two, I think one even did four different varietals. And I totally always seem to prefer, yeah, well, I always seem to prefer when it's just one, like if it's just doing mosaic or just doing citra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each one, like, and you definitely taste the difference. Like strata, which is one of my favorites, is a super dank hop. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're almost like drinking marijuana. Like it's just well, so and- pungent in your face. And the Sabro fresh hop that Ravenna did last year just tasted like coconut. Yeah, like, it was, it was just like, straight coconut. You know, it was so like the pina colada. It was great. Yeah, it was so good. I loved it. Yeah, so each one has a unique flavor, and you know, some people really overdo it. Some make it subtle, but it's like I don't like the rest of people haven't had a fresh hop beer. Like, try to find a way to get here, or just befriend me and see what happens. <laughs> well, because I know, like, I have gotten other fresh hop beers like there's ours occasionally you know i know i got someone for, sent me some from cleveland and there's other fresh hops that you know sierra nevada does one obviously they have sierra nevada has the budget they can get fresh hops from wherever they want I to i guess i still don't understand that fresh hop that's not a fresh hop like, yeah i know, I know they, they, they call it a different it it's like freshly kilned yeah and like I remember there are beers about it these are these other places that try to you know that they're flying them in or they're freezing whatever the case may be it's not going to be as good or the same thing as what the breweries in Yakima and Seattle and just that general Washington area are able to achieve. So I, I do think that is something that is certainly special and that can kind of lead in. I, I it doesn't have to be the answer to the next question, but one question I always like to ask is, is there a specific beer or you can say a beer style if you want to be more broad, because I know it's hard to pinpoint an exact beer uh, that you feel kind of best represents Seattle. I mean, a fresh hop, but that's only such a small window of about a month. Uh, I mean, West Coast IPAs, hazy IPAs, just, you know, because the proximity to hops, mm-hmm. we can get yeah. some, we can get Makes hops so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of styles, you know, the. I think we have some really popular dark beers um, that Fremont has been doing um, yeah. with the coconut or just the Bee Bomb series. Um, in general, I think has been kind of an interesting to watch that evolve. Um, I feel like a new, not new, but newish um, style that's becoming much m- more popular in Seattle is the funky sours, like the mm. things that are coming out of Holy Mountain and Floodlands and Fair Isle yeah. um, are gaining a lot of traction in the Seattle beer scene. I think people are. Um, well, everyone but Matt. Every is getting traction with everyone except for Matt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not my style. Not my style. Are becoming much more popular. So. Um, since you know Central Washington being kind of a uh, a hot vine central, you can also get a lot of great vines over there. We have a lot of wineries in Washington, also, so you get a lot of um, a lot of barrel aged saisons and mm-hmm. stuff with wine barrels. 
and you can find a lot of those places. Um, you know, you a lot of things with barrels out here just because you know barrels are cool and craft and. That's, yeah, we that's really, something we we really are. like we're, barrels out here in we're, general. We have, a, we have multiple barrels in our house. Like, we're so hipstery. It's stupid. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, it, I didn't know if there – do you have a specific beer that you're thinking of or a specific brewery or is it overall just kind of – because that's what I was kind of thinking too is, is that for Seattle, if it's not fresh hop, it probably was West Coast IPA for a long time, and now you do mix in. There is a lot more of the haziness, so you can kind of just go with IPA overall. Uh, it's weird to claim yeah. like hazy IPAs because they are new. That England is a New style England style. style. Yeah, for we sure. The, you know, can't get much further away than New England than here. Um, yeah, it's like you guys in San, we, you guys in San Diego, kind of. <laughs> yeah, we do yeah. well. Um, I think San Diego does West Coast IPAs much better than we do, though. But yeah, I'm still not kicking any of them out of bed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like what I'm seeing a lot of in general right now around Seattle is, um, you know, there's it's really gravitating towards the hazies um dark beers and sours like those are the three styles that mm -hmm. i feel like we're consistently seeing coming out of like some of the most popular breweries um and the breweries that are continuing to kind of evolve and do interesting things um and trying different things along the way the, um, the dark beers yeah because in like wintertime especially it gets real dark here mm -hmm. i don't think people realize how far north we are too like i know like toronto the raptors are like true north it's like we are further north than you guys you nerds so like we like when it comes to winter beers we'd like the winter beer festival in seattle is real fun oh yeah that is a good beer festival that's like mm -hmm. one of our you're getting toasty there because all the beers are like eight to ten percent and then there's a lot of them but so yeah. the, the the winter beer the dark beers i would say pretty pretty popular up here too yeah as far as one particular beer i don't know if i would say there's any one particular beer right now that really represents uh Seattle and where Seattle's at. I don't think we necessarily have like a, a Pliny, you know, like yeah. a beer that just like fully everyone has kind of embraced as like our regional beer. Um, they don't distribute up here because they didn't, didn't sell up here. So, uh, but I think that in general, kind of that, like I said, the hazies and the yeah. dark beers and the sour beers are really where things are going right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, and so now <laughs> kind of the, the, the final question here that I always kind of like to end things on to give some, extra love to a lot of the amazing breweries is that if you each wanted to pick kind of three, not necessarily personal favorite, but three breweries that you want to give that kind of extra special shout out to that you have an, a, a real appreciation for obviously beer is a major factor, but there can be other reasons at play as well too. And then I will give my answer at the end too, because I may not have gotten to every single brewery like Matt and Sam, but I feel like I got to <laughs> you got, enough. You got a bunch up here. I did. I got to enough that I feel like I can have a pretty good answer for it. Well, there's about just over 400 breweries in Washington, so it's tough yeah. to get them all. Yeah. So what, what do you think, Sam? What do you got? Uh, well, I feel like I've already mentioned all three of them. Um, I say Ravenna probably is really high up there for me. Um, I consistently really like Rubens. I think they mm -hmm. um, are always putting out kind of different uh, kinds of IPAs and trying different things. Um, and then also Cloudburst. I think if, yep. especially if, if you're talking to somebody who has never been to the Seattle area and wants to like see three breweries that are pretty representative of the Seattle um brewery experience um i think those three are probably pretty high on my list of recommendations what do you think my list bro jeez word, the, word for word that was i mean that would have been my three but i can do other three it's fine 
Okay, uh, pick three others. I would say Holy Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, when they make IPAs, they make some of the best IPAs. And they've been making more. They do a lot of, like, fooder stuff, mm-hmm. open fermentation. They do a lot of saisons and sours. And But when they make IPAs, I'm on board with that. And they, mm-hmm. they are one that's not afraid to try different things, yeah. too. As yeah, you experience. Is, Every time yeah. you go there, it's going to be something different on tap. We'll see the next one. Um, let me go Georgetown. Yeah. Okay. One of like one of the OGs. One of uh, and they make a lot of everything. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say that's probably, a place that if you go to, you'll find something that. And you'll they want distribute to the probably the most out of any Washington brewery now. I would say by a lot. Like the the, the highest chance of finding some, uh, Washington beer somewhere else would be Georgetown, probably with Bodie or Lucille. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Bodie won the 2000. 19 or 18 GABF uh hazy IPA of the year. So like you know, they 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 make good IPAs, they make good hazies, and they collaborate with everybody and they make good they just overall good brewery. Last one, I'm gonna go small, do Mirage. Okay. So uh they make a lot of they're kind of like a very, very small cloudburst where they make a lot of really, really good IPAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to find. Um, just because his, you know, his tap room isn't open yet, but you know, he he, he makes great stuff, and he uh, he's a unique guy too. So I actually have a bottle of a two thousand, or no, sorry, a nineteen fourteen Everett Brewing uh, Everett Brewing Company. So Everett's just north of Seattle by a little bit, uh, with the beer still in it. So like been laying around my mom's house for years. Like who knows how long. She had it for, but she's like, hey, do you want this beer? And I did some research on it. Over 100 years old. He messaged me once. He's like, I know you don't want to. So this is the brewer. He's like, but if you open that up, I will cultivate what's left in it and make a beer out of that. It's like, wow, that's very cool. I think I'm going to end up donating it to the Everett Museum. But Mm -hmm. like the idea that he could be like, whatever's in it, we'll make more beer out of it. And then we can have something that's from you know that's, that's just crazy world. to be able to think about that they can you know that they can just easily yeah, do that they science really the crap cool. out of things yeah and then like was that i did three yeah i did three but there, there's a lot of shout outs to a lot of washington breweries that are not in like seattle area but like single hill and yakima awesome uh e9 and sig down in tacoma awesome um old schoolhouse up in winthrop oh yeah fantastic yeah. chuckanut up in bellingham Love it. Same with structures up there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of good breweries, a lot of good breweries in Washington. And that's, you know, the whole purpose of our podcast is to try to hit them all. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, and I think we, we touched on all the ones that I, that I would say the one. So I would say for sours for me, I, I love urban family. I loved urban family. They just mm-hmm. absolutely blew my mind with, with some of their sours, just phenomenal. And I'm agreeing on cloudburst would be my pick. If I'm going for IPAs, like, that would be the one. And then the other one, if I had to go between three, it really, I, I was debating this beforehand because it was kind of a toss up between, it depends what I'm looking for between Ravenna and like Holy Mountain. And I think I leaned Ravenna overall because I felt like they had a more diverse selection and I felt like that was kind of mm. how I went with it. Um, but you can't go wrong. I mean, there's so many good breweries uh, in in Seattle there that are worth, are, are, are certainly worth, visiting uh but i want to thank you guys both so much i'm I'm glad that we were able to get this set up i so mm-hmm. enjoyed my time in seattle and getting to meet and drink beers with both of you uh hopefully i'll get back out there again sometime I, I, like i said there's still plenty for me to explore out there and plenty that i want to go back to uh yeah, so we have we have more breweries like, yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple at least though. So, uh, but anyway, do you guys have any kind of final thoughts or conclusions, uh, pitches about the Seattle craft beer scene? And then also how people can follow you, listen to your podcast, et cetera, et cetera. So following our podcast, that one's easy. It's called tastes like homebrew. Um, you can find us in all the major podcast software thingamajigs. Yeah. I, I uh, feel like I should use better words from them. I'm the one that set everything up, but uh, you can follow us on all uh, wherever you find podcasts. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, Tastes like homebrew. And then we also have an Instagram that you can follow if you're into doing that. Um, and then we have a Twitter that you can follow if that's your I don't, jam too. Don't so. tweet very often though. Um, <laughs> I do occasionally, but mostly I'm tweeting our own stuff from my own one. Cause I have way more followers than that. Come on. I'm way, I'm way cooler than that. Yes. <laughs> and um, where can hey where can they follow you though if they want to follow you and uh want to reach out and have need more recommendations oh on twitter twitter I, I mean i'm most active on twitter you can follow us uh, i think it's just tastes like homebrew right well yeah. the, the man hole also, i don't know what i was it trying to get like at it tastes like homebrew you can also follow me it's just at, at what's my oh the matt holt yeah yeah um yeah especially because if people want to try washington beers i know Trading is, I don't really allowed to talk about trading on here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm all about trading beers and I'm, you know, I will, I love to spread the, the Washington joy. So if anybody's interested in Washington beers, you know, we have a, a really good tap room with a really good bottle selection that we go to probably more than we should. Um, and we're all about just spreading the Seattle love, you know, the world, the world needs to find out a little bit more Seattle. We, we want to keep us a little hidden over here. But if you could ever make your way out here, there's a lot of good stuff to try. Mm-hmm. And also, we like to argue it might be the most beautiful place in the United States. Too. Yeah, it's. I, I was going to say it is truly I, – I absolutely loved our time there. I wish we would have had a lot more time there, to, to be perfectly honest, because it is, it is an amazing city. It's a beautiful part of the country. And for the purpose of this podcast, there's a lot of amazing beer. Uh, so – I definitely also would recommend getting out there if if you have not already planned a trip out there. There there is so much to do, beer and otherwise. So that 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 is for sure. And if you are a new listener, you can follow me on Twitter at Brewery Travels, on Instagram at Brewery underscore Travels. You can also go to my website, thebrewerytravels.com, where you can find all my interactive maps of brewery visits, lists articles all that kind of fun stuff and there's also links to the podcast there if you're having any issues finding more episodes uh but again thank you to matt and sam so much this has been awesome and as always remember whether it's where you're living or where you're visiting be sure to drink local everywhere